Father, we just praise your holy name, God. God, how can we thank you enough for the gift of your son? Lord, when I was lost and very confused and walking in all the wrong ways, God, you somehow reached down and grabbed my attention, Lord. And I'll forever praise you, Lord. Father, I just pray, Lord, that in this time we've gathered in today, Lord, that we will honor you. You are worthy of all praise. You're worthy of our life, God. If you never did a single thing else for us, Lord. And yet your word says that you have promises for us, Lord. And that's just hard to comprehend. So we receive everything that you have for us today. Help us to give everything we have to you today. Father, I pray, Lord, for the uh, preaching of the word as it comes forth through your servant, Mark. Lord, I, I pray, Father God, let him be a vessel to bring forth words of life, truth, and uh, every word to glorify your name, Lord. I pray, God, over Mark, Lord, healing in every area of his body that needs it, Lord. And I thank you, God, for the healing that is in the atonement, Lord. I pray, Father, for everyone in this uh, building today, God, that needs a touch from you, Lord. Body, soul, spirit, Lord, you are enough, and you will meet them right there, God. I pray, Lord, they can grasp onto that, that you will meet them today, and you meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory, Lord. We love you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. like you to do me a favor if you got a phone I want you to put it under your seat that way you can still hear it I wasn't looking I wasn't pointing nobody out oh you got a coke can that's okay no really it's cool but I'm just saying put it under your seat and you will hear it if there's a if there's some kind of emergency you'll get a tone or something and we'll excuse that okay because I want you to hear what I got to say because I wouldn't spend time with the Lord if I didn't think I had something to say. In fact, you'd be foolish to come here if you, I didn't have something to say from the Lord. So I want to talk to you just a minute. Last Sunday was Palm Sunday, correct? And Passover was Good Friday, which I'm not a scholar, but I got a problem with it being on Friday because Saturday, Sunday, doesn't come out to three days. So I don't know what day he was crucified. It could have been Thursday. I don't know. It doesn't matter, really. He was crucified. But I just wanted to talk a minute before we read uh, Luke 24. I just wanted to talk just a minute about the crucifixion. And the reason I am is because if you don't know how dead he was, you don't know how alive he is. I want you to know how dead he was. Ooh, that's gross. Oh, yeah, imagine having to go through it. You just got to hear about it or watch, or watch Mel Gibson do a movie about it. All you got to do is listen to it. He actually went through it. And the amazing thing was he could have called down 30,000 angels and went, whoosh, 
wipe out Jerusalem, wipe out the planet, let's start over. But he didn't. He, he endured the cross. He endured the shame and the pain of the cross, hanging naked before the world. He endured that because he loves you. You were the joy. I was the joy that was set before him. So, a week after the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday, well, really less than a week, he was arrested because he came against religion. He was arrested. He was taken before Pilate. Of course, he was taken before Herod and back to Pilate, and we won't go into all that, but he was taken before Pilate, and Pilate could find nothing wrong with him. Pilate, in fact, said, I see nothing wrong with this righteous man. But to please you, to please the religious, he said, what? Scourge him. Which, you know, a couple whip marks, so what? No. No. This whip was a cat of nine tails. And it had pieces of bone and glass on the end of each one of them. And when it hit, it started bruised to start with, but then it dug in and he would have, they would have to pull it out of his flesh. I know this is gross, but most 39 lashes, and they may have exceeded that because they weren't under Jewish law. Naked, he was beaten, and it probably just about took his life. A lot of people died from the scourging. But then they threw him in a cell. Well, first they brought him back out before the Sanhedrin and the people, and they said, what do you want me to do with Jesus of Nazareth? What'd they say? Hosanna, Hosanna. What'd they say? Crucify him. Crucify him. Here he is beaten and bloodied and ripped. His body's ripped in shreds. And they still didn't have enough. It was a demonic thing that was driving them. <laughs> it wasn't man that was doing it. It was a demonic thing. Satan wanted to take him out. And so he was thrown in a cell. Then they put a purple robe on him and said, Hail to the king. And they took a crown of thorns. And I don't know if you've ever seen a thorn tree. You ever seen one around here? I made a thorn, a crown one time out of them. They're about this long. And when they go in you, they got poison in them. And they, they irritate you. And they're very painful. They didn't just set it on his head. They took a stick and they beat it into his skull. And then they took they made him walk this heavy cross to Calvary, to Golgotha. And this thing was not like this cross. It's probably more like a railroad tie. I mean, all the energy. He had to go up a huge hill with his cross. And he did it because he loved us. And I would have called angels down a long time before that happened, you know? Long time before that happened. But he went to the cross. They run nails through his wrists, the way I've always heard it. And then they run, they run spikes through his both his feet. Then they raise the cross, and can you imagine the shock when it dropped in the stand? Can you imagine? And the only way he could take a breath after a while, because your, your lung muscles get paralyzed after hanging like this for a short time, 
Every word he said, every breath he took, he had to press himself up on these spikes in his feet to get a breath. So basically, you die of suffocation. And he was on the cross for how many hours? Six in the morning till three. So he endured it. And you know how religion is. They said, you know what? We need to get him off the cross because this is kind of cluttering up Passover. This does not look good. We need to get him off before the Sabbath. And so what they did when they wanted somebody to die quickly is they took that sword, the, the backside of the sword, the dull end, and they broke their legs. Because when you break your legs, you can't push yourself up anymore and you suffocate. That's humane, isn't it? And so they came to Jesus, and they got ready to swing the sword, and they went, he's dead. He's dead. We don't need to break his legs, which fulfilled a prophecy that not one of his bones will be broken. I mean, it's amazing, the cross in Psalm 22 and Isaiah 61, I think. I might get that wrong. So they didn't break his legs, but they said, basically, Make sure he's dead. And they stuck a sword in his side, and blood and water flowed out because your heart gets surrounded with water when you die like that. And so do you think he was dead? He was dead. And then the earth shook, and it got dark, and he was put in a tomb. In fact, he died between two thieves, didn't he? The Bible says he'll die with the evil, but he'll be buried with the rich. And a rich man donated a tomb to him. Joseph of Arimathea, right, donated a tomb for him to be buried in. So all these prophecies, all multitudes of prophecies came to pass. So Jesus was dead. They rolled a huge stone in front of the, it uh, took a lot of Roman soldiers to roll this stone in front of there, and they set them to guard it. And on the third day, well, let's just read. I just thought it was important that we knew he was, because some people say, well, he wasn't really dead, he was just sleeping. He was really dead. Say, Jesus was really dead. You can say it, he was dead. He was dead. Luke 24. And you might think this is a lot to read, but I think this is so powerful. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared to embalm him, right? But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? And in another account, it says they're sitting where he was laid, and their wings were, were fashioned together, one on each side of the tomb. Does that sound like anything? Does that sound like anything? What does that sound like to you? The Ark of the Covenant. Two angels 
wings tipped over. I mean, this is so, wow. The Bible is so prophetic, so mighty, so awesome. And he fulfilled all this, man. He fulfilled it. He's God. He's Lord. He proved it, man. Everything that was written about him came to pass. Well, not everything because some of it's yet to come. His second coming, he's coming back like a roaring lion, praise God. He's not coming, uh, not a baby in a manger anymore, not a broken man on a cross. He didn't stay in the grave. He's not staying in heaven forever. He's alive. He's alive. Come on, man. If this don't excite you, if he is risen, I am risen with him. If he is risen, I'm risen with him. Praise God. If it was just Jesus risen, that wouldn't mean much to me. But I am risen. I've got hope when my mama died, when my daddy died, when my brother died, when my grandpa died. They all knew Jesus. They are with him. That is my blessed hope. Shining garments. Then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth and said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they, how long was the Lazarus in the tomb? Four days, wasn't he? Surely he stinketh. I'd say three days would do it in that climate, wouldn't you? That sounds really gross, but wouldn't you think so? And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Who was Mary Magdalene? She had demons. She had seven demons that Jesus cast. And as soon as he cast them out, he, she picked up everything and followed him. She followed him, man, because she got free. When you get free, you follow Jesus. When you get free, you follow Jesus. When he's real, you follow Jesus. And if he asks you to give something up, you give it up. Your sin, your corruption, your habits, whatever he might be asking you. She gave it up. She knew being a prostitute and being full of demons wasn't fun. See, most of us never milk sin out to the end. You know, you don't see the end thereof, right? But then you look at people that really went deep, deep in sin, and they died in a drug overdose or something. You think, wow, they really blew it. Praise God for his mercy, amen? You ever had it become real to you when somebody falls off the edge, all the way off the edge? Have you? And you wonder, what could I have done? I got a text the other day from a guy I used to work with. There was this young man, I won't say his name, but as soon as he came to the crew, he was arrogant. He was a smart aleck. He was a jerk. I mean, I'm just telling you the truth. He knew everything, but he didn't know nothing. Ever met anybody like that at work? And my boss was a Christian, O.B. Neal. Uh, Avery, 
I'm putting uh, this man on the truck with you because I know you'll take good care of him. I'm like, why do you always do this to me, man? And so I remember the first day we worked together and he was going off about this and this and didn't want to work or something. And he, uh, I, was, I had the radio on at lunchtime. It was on JIE. I don't know what, I don't even know what channel back then, but it was Christian music. He said, no, man, I want to listen to QMF. I said, this is my truck. <laughs> I said, I tell you what. We listen to QMF today, and we'll listen to JIE tomorrow and talk about Jesus. He said, just forget it, man. But I, I poured into him. You know, I, I really didn't like him. But I, the love of Jesus made me change that. And he would, have, he would have nothing to do with the gospel, nothing to do with it at all. And Talented young man. I remember one day, I know this is long, but I was getting on Waterson Expressway at Poplar Level Road. I'm going about 60 miles an hour in my old beat-up truck, and here he comes around me on his rear wheel on his motorcycle, just splitting lanes on one wheel. I'm like, whoa, this guy's good. Ain't crazy. But he, you know, he bragged about his conquering women, and he was like, he was just, he was lost. And never did. He got fired, which is hard to do at the phone company. That was after we parted ways. He went to another department. But I prayed for him. And I believed God would get a hold of him someday. But I got this text the other day and said, this man killed himself. So I'm like, he's, you know, it's over. It's over. I can't, I can't tell you what happened in the last seconds of his life. I cannot tell you, but, you know, Satan caused Judas to commit suicide. So, you know, suicide is not a solution. But Mary Magdalene, they came to the apostles and told them everything that had happened in verse 11. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Of course, Jesus had prophesied, in three days, I'll rise again. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb. <laughs> I love him. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling at it to himself at what had happened. Now, behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus. And that was a Methodist church retreat, the Emmaus Walk. That's where they got the name, Emmaus. I'm just kidding. I've heard that's a wonderful program, too, by the way. Wonderful. Which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So they're going, you hear what happened, man? Did you, we, did you see what happened at the cross? Did you see when it got dark? I mean, I, they were going nuts. So it was, was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have had with one another as you walk, and you are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleophas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? What, are you an idiot? Haven't you heard what happened in Jerusalem? Where have you been? Have you been asleep? 
And have you not known the things which happened in these days? And he said to them, What things? They said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. In other words, we thought you were going to overturn this wicked government. We thought you were going to take out the Roman Empire. What happened? Don't always go down the way we think it was, does it? And then we get disappointed in God, and he's got a plan all along if you just stay with it, if you just stay steady and don't look back. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ have suffered these things to enter into his glory? Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. It must have been a long walk. He, by memory, knew the Old Testament. He said, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. He just started throwing out verses about the crucifixion, about the resurrection. They drew near the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. In other words, he had more to tell them. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread and blessed it and broke it. Baruch, Atah, Adonai, Eloheinu, Melechaholam, Ri, Agafen. Blessed be the Lord our God, King of the universe. Help me, Jesus, who brings forth bread from the earth. Yes, praise God. It was close. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. He took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes, then, say then. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven. So they just made this long trek, and they turned around, and they were headed right back where he's going. They were excited. Amen. They saw Jesus. They were excited. Their eyes were open. The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. Or like they'd say in America, a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, 
that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you which I, while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend, they might understand the scriptures. Which scriptures? Yeah, the Old Testament. He said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ. It was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So they tarried for a while, didn't they? Then something happened called Pentecost, right? I'm going to read these last two verses, three verses here. And Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Aaronic blessing. He blessed them just like they did in, in, in the, the covenant. He blessed them. Praise God. That he was, he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. No, it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great sadness. What? Joy, joy, and they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Wow. Can you imagine Jesus standing there and they're in a, I don't know if they're in a circle or any, I don't know, I've seen movies, but puts his hands up and he blesses them, then he starts, I believe it was a slow ride. I don't believe it was a gone, you know. I, I think they watched him. Well, I think another account tells that he wrote. They sat there and watched him until he faded into the clouds. And they kept watching, and they kept looking, and they kept waiting. And the angel said, hey, don't look up. Jesus, this same Jesus who left like this, he's going to return the same way. So you just be about your father's business, you know. You just be about your father's business. But uh, I just want to let you know something. He was so dead. There was no way there was any life left in his body, especially after three days in the tomb. Y'all all believe he rose from the dead. Do you? If you don't, you need to go somewhere else, or you need to come to the altar, because that's, that's the gospel. He died, and he rose from the dead, and his blood was shed for you to be forgiven for sins, for the remission of sins. But it didn't stop there. 
Because the Bible says if you are, if he is resurrected and you believe on him and you follow him, you are resurrected with him. So if you're resurrected with him, you got no excuse for being mortal anymore. That's, that's garbage. You're not a mortal human being anymore. You are a priest and a king and a prophet. And you've got the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he has given them to you and he wants them used. Like when he came to the fig tree and there was no figs on it, he cursed it, didn't he? And it dried up and died. And you know, it says something there interesting. He said, when he came to the fig tree, it was not the season for figs. So it was the fig tree's fault? It wasn't seasoned. What it means is when he comes to you looking for fruit, oh, it's not the season. I haven't prepared. No, he come. No condemnation there at all. It's just Jesus. It's hot in here, isn't it? You know, I can tell people are going blank, blank, blank. Maybe it's boredom. But, no, I'll tell you what, man. I want to I wanna be faithful to him. And I ask him to forgive me for all the times I haven't been faithful to him. All the times I haven't done what he told me when he told me. And I tried it later on and it didn't work out. Ever done that? It's called a window, a season of opportunity. Was It, it was our brother... Uh, uh, who was it that said that? Leonard Ravenhill said the. Uh, no, he said uh, the, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized during the lifetime of that opportunity. In other words, there's an opportunity for you right now. Tomorrow, it may be gone. Just like my friend at work. Gone. No more opportunities for him. So, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your patience. Amen. We thank you for loving us when we spit on you. Thank you, Jesus, for life and life abundantly, Lord. Thank you for resurrection power. I am resurrected with him. Yes, I am resurrected with him. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the one that I was, I'm not that anymore. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that Mark Stephen Avery anymore. I'm brand new. And if I fade away, I'm new every morning. So I can start over any time, praise God, for a clean slate any time. So I believe God's here to meet any need you have today. If you don't know him, you need to get your tail up here to the altar. Oh, well, it's kind of embarrassing. Imagine hanging in front of the whole planet naked on a cross. Man, that's pride. That is pride. Do you need forgiveness? If you do, just come up to the altar. We're not even going to play no pretty music for you. Just come up to the altar and get things right with Jesus. Nobody needs to pray with you. You just need to call out to him. You need to call out to him and say, Hey, I blew it. Come on, Jesus. Give me another chance. He will. If you got cares and you got worries and you got broken family, if you got whatever you've got, he said, Cast your cares on me because I care for you. If you don't cast them on him, he can't take them. He won't take them from you. 
He'll receive them. And you know what? He'll take your sins and he'll cast them into a sea of forgetfulness. So you can't do that because you know what? Honestly, I got a secret. Jesus don't want your sins. But he's willing to, he's willing to wash them and take them away because he loves you. So praise God. Look at that headpiece. I love it. You need to hold that puppy up. Hold her up, man. That is a headpiece. That is amazing. Yay, I love it. I love it. If you need prayer, though, come on up. I'd be glad to pray with you. There's others that would be glad to pray with you. Uh, but if you just need to spend some time with the Lord, and nobody has to know why you're up here. It's just between you and God. But if you need a fresh touch, if you need a fresh fire, if you need a fresh anointing, I know God's going to meet it. So, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father, I just pray your blessing on these, on these saints of God. I pray you bless them going out. You bless them coming in. You bless them, God, with a good personality, God. You bless them, Lord, to be a blessing to others. You bless them, God, to prosper, Jesus. You bless them to meet, meet all their needs according to your riches and glory. Yahweh, bless them. Yahweh, bless them. Yahweh, give them favor at work. Give them favor at home. Give them favor with their neighbors, God. Give them favor with everyone, Jesus that they'll be used to preach that gospel everywhere they go in Jesus' name. Up from the grave he rose. Do, 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 do. That was a Methodist church song. Do, 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 Anybody can sing, he arose, he arose. Christ Jesus, hallelujah, he arose. If you need prayer, come on up. Y'all look silent, bro.